0: Hello and welcome to the CX Files podcast. I'm your host, Mark Hillary. Jonas Dahlberg is the CEO and president of Transcom. He's based in Stockholm in Sweden. Transcom has a team of over 26,000 people working across 22 countries using 33 languages. Jonas likes to say that they're big enough to really matter, but small enough to still listen to their clients. In this episode, Jonas talks about BPO and CX in the post-COVID environment, and especially what's going to happen to contact centres in 2021. Okay, let's go straight to the interview. Okay, Jonas, thanks for taking the time to do this interview. Um, uh, clearly, in 2020, customer care is in a state of flux. Uh, people say the world of work itself is changing, and we might never see um, bricks and mortar to the same scale that we used to have it um, clearly there was a big pivot to agents working from home but this is something that's affected every company in this industry I mean just, just to open up the discussion um, could you just tell me how how did you manage 2020 and, and have things managed to settle down now?
1: Yes, I mean, uh, I think we have managed it extremely well. I must say, uh, in particular, given the very difficult circumstances, um, we are actually exceeding our targets for this year, uh, despite COVID and despite having uh, about fifty percent of our staff work at home. Uh, on you know, on a like-for-like basis, we're actually growing more than fifteen percent currently. And uh, you know, we were fortunate to have a very strong work-at-home capability in-house. Uh, in the U.S., we've been running a work-at-home business, uh, folks work-at-home business, since years, uh, and this has been truly valuable for us uh, when we had to um, shift, you know, half of the workforce to uh, work-at-home. But you know, ha- having that said, I mean, uh, moving half of the business work-at-home in, in three weeks is something very different from implementing sort of a dedicated work-at-home model, which is designed from, from the outset to be work-at-home. Uh, so, um, I mean, we call it lift and shift. We basically boxed up the contact centers and sent them home to agents, and we hoped that it would work, and uh, it did. And thanks to heroic efforts from everyone in the organization, and with some luck, um, we made it work. Um, and I want to extend a huge thanks to you know, all of our people, but also to our clients, because uh, this was a partnership uh, where we had to Work, work very closely together to, to make it happen uh, but we did and we served uh, our customers.
0: That's great I mean and I think, it's gr- great to hear about the good results as well. No
1: absolutely and uh, I think uh, what's amazing to see after the initial turmoil and I mean there were a couple of weeks in in March and April where I had, I had to admit that uh, there were a few weeks of bad sleep. Um, we couldn't be sure that it would work. Uh, as well as it did. Um, but, but it did, and, and now customer satisfaction is where it needs to be. Uh, interestingly, our staff uh, seems to be more satisfied about work than, than before, and, and productivity is, is largely where it should be, but it's, it's not perfect. But, you know, for a sort of a boxed-up contact center operation, I think we're doing tremendously well. Uh, and um, now we're training the engine for next year and onwards.
0: Yeah, and that's what I wanted to ask you about then. Um, This idea that analysts are talking about the new normal um, and we're not necessarily going to see a return to how things were in 2019. A lot of your clients are probably now much more focused on resilience so, they may be asking you to to continue maybe blend work from home with some contact center i mean uh, are we are we going to see a change in the way that contact centers are used maybe smaller contact centers uh, and a, and a blended solution as uh, as normal I
1: definitely think so. Uh, I think we're going to see a mix and I think it it boils down to uh, you know the reason why we exist uh, the reason we exist is because our clients they want to have uh, great customer experience at the right cost. And quite honestly, uh, I don't think from a sort of factual point of view, they should care about where the services are delivered, Um, but they've been pretty traditional. Both, you know, our clients and and this industry has been traditional. So I think work at home, it moves from a niche to to really become a serious delivery model uh, in many ways. But I don't think it's it's digital. It's it's not just, you know, Either it's completely work at home or completely non-work at work at home or brick and mortars. I, I think it's, we're going to see hybrids, and I mean a lot of this will be driven by um, you know the, the talent pool. Uh, it's it's a matter of not so much about you know reducing costs, but you know to, to tap into a motivated and and uh, uh, great talent pool. And in talent pool, I think you know many of us, uh, all of us, question you know why do we commute to offices every day. Uh, it's, it's just a simple question, why? Um, and I think we were stuck in old habits. It's sort of a remnant from the Industrial Revolution where farmers became workers and, you know, we moved to cities and had to commute to work and the office came with it. Um, and with modern technology, why, why would you need to commute every day? Still, I, I believe we can't underestimate the need of social interactions to build teams and to drive creativity. And There are certain jobs which simply can't be done from home. And I think this is also true in our industry. So I believe we'll see an increase of in work at home going forward, definitely. Not mainly for cost, but to attract the right talent. But also I believe, you know, in hybrid models and I believe for some services, uh examples where there is a tight security needed, uh, they will stay in in, in a brick and mortar model. So it's gonna be a mix. Mm, yeah. At the end, I think, you know, decisions are largely driven by client preferences, but, but they, are, they are moving now, the preferences. Uh, I think everyone sees that it works uh, in a all
0: model. Yeah, that's great, and and part of that hybrid solution that you mentioned will also include a lot more digital services, a lot more automation. Um, but you know, if you go out and ask customers today what they think about chatbots, normally it's always going to be a negative response. So, so what, what? Why is it just? Why is it that people have this attitude right now? I mean, oh man, I just need to go to yourself. We've
1: experienced these bots, haven't we? Um, you know for anyone that uh, believes that AI will take over, I'm just saying, you know, how was your last conversation with your digital assistant?" Uh, it, it's not a great experience. Um, and you know in particular this year, uh, we had a lot of bots instead of human interactions used to, to deal with, uh, with the flow, uh, the massive increase in, in the um, uh, ticket flow. But, you know as it's always it's all with the technology, you need to understand where to deploy it and how. Uh, and where is the human superior? Um, and uh, there's definitely a lot of potential to improve both customer satisfaction and productivity using technology. But you need to do it right.
0: Yeah, and quite often I think that it's been done as just part of a deflection strategy. You know, if we put a chatbot, then it, it will deflect calls away from the contact center. But but how do we make it a more integrated part of the journey then?
1: <laughs> and and that, that's an interesting uh, notion, right? We, let, let's deflect our customers. Uh, look, uh, I don't think anyone uh, truly wants to, to call uh, a contact center. That, that's that's not just what, what you want to do. Uh, you, you do so because you need to. I mean, the modern consumer want to do sort of effortless uh, self-service and, and uh Use technology, and, and when they're calling, they, they are really in trouble, and then you need to support them. So, I don't think it's it's, it's a great strategy uh, to, to deflect uh, your customers. But you know, I think uh, this is this is an evolution rather than a revolution. Uh, I mean, it's a cliche, but but I think still uh, it, it's true. You know, the future is already here; it's just unevenly distributed. So there are great implementations out there. Um, And I think it starts by truly understanding the customer journey and each technology and and then apply it, uh, you know, the right tool to the right problem. And I I don't think there's a silver bullet here. It's just uh, evolution and and hard work. And I believe actually uh, as BTOs, we are uniquely positioned to, to support this transition uh, simply because you know the tech vendors, they they don't understand the the customer journey and uh, our clients. Uh, well, sometimes we understand better than our clients, but but you know they are stuck in in, in their legacy. And, and I think we have the, you know we're in a sweet spot to to uh, support our clients. Uh, you know, leveraging the best practices we see elsewhere, um, leveraging the, the right technologies, and and help to challenge our clients. But then we also need to move ourselves from being uh, uh, sort of the traditional seat providers uh, to dare to, you know, challenge and inspire our clients.
0: Yeah, and that's interesting because it it seems that if you've gone through a smart automation system, uh, a good self-service FAQ, um, by the time you get to an agent, then, you know, you've probably got quite a complex problem that that can't easily be fixed. Um, And so, yeah, the customer does need help. So is is this going to elevate the agents to become, you know, treated more like experts? And maybe maybe you'll hire them for their expertise rather than just their customer service skills.
1: No, definitely. Uh, I think that's going to happen. And I think this is what happens in in any industry where technology takes out sort of routine tasks. Uh, Going to my previous experience, I'm I'm coming from the engineering and architecture industry. Uh, You know, the draftsman disappeared during the 90s uh, because of uh, computer-aided design and later you know, 3D modeling. Uh, the same with quantitative surveyors. Um, that's now large and managed by machines. Uh, you know, the process industry, automation has taken over the work for machine operators. I mean, left are tasks of much higher value in, in a lot of dimensions. Uh, so uh, I, I think the same is, is true for customer services. And there's plenty of room to take out non-value-adding activities. Equally, I believe, you know, high-touch customer service and interaction between people is key. Um, I mean, if you're going to build some affinity to your brand, you, you need people, uh, and, and, but you need the right people, and then you need people who are sort of not worn down with, with all the routine tasks. Uh, again, I think very few consumers actually want to make the call, but when they do... Uh, then you need to provide the right service uh, because then you build loyalty. Uh, and then deflecting them is probably not the right strategy.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I mean, I, all of the, the things that we hear about, the innovations in customer service are around data analytics, automation, omni-channel. But, but at the end of the day, like, like you said, the customer probably doesn't want to make the call. So, so how do we just make it as simple as possible for the customer then?
1: Yeah, I, I think um, I've been thinking a lot of this, and I, I don't think there's any silver bullet here. Um, I, I think it is a lot up to us to, you know, propose solutions to our clients and and you know, get out in this sort of this order receiving, order taking uh, mode, and become more of advisors. And I think um, part of tech BPO is, is doing a better job than um, what we do in customer services. So I think we can learn something from them um so um uh, still you know uh, no no silver bullet hard work and and then uh, you know different attitude from us being more of an advisor
0: to our clients okay and so just finally then and clearly there's good news um, regarding vaccines for covid it looks like we should see some kind of normality next year um what are you looking forward to in maybe in quarter one, you know, what what are you looking forward to in 2021?
1: I think uh, the return to the next normal is is definitely the theme of 2021. I don't know, maybe you were hoping for another, you know, non-obvious answer. I think we're all tired of this pandemic and like to talk about something else. But honestly, that's how I see it. Um, And even though it's obvious um, and I'm convinced there will actually be a next normal and it's going to be different than the past. Um, you know, the first obvious is the accelerated shift from sort of the walking in sort of physical economy to, to digital commerce. And, you know, that's a trend that's been going on for a while, but, you know, COVID will definitely accelerate it. Uh, and this will drive demand uh, of customer services. But uh, I think the new trend here is um, work at home. Um, and, and this is for, you know, the entire humanity, not just for customer services. Uh, And if you look at digital commerce, you know, there the pandemic provides acceleration, I think, for work at home, this is rather, you know, igniting something new. Uh, The concept of working at office has been the norm, and the pandemic sort of rocks the the behavior system out of its equilibrium. And, and, you know, it's a little bit like Tesla rocked the automotive industry uh, of its combustion engine norm. Uh, there was something there with, you know, peak oil and sustainability, uh, but very little happened and something had to sort of rock the system out of its equilibrium. And, and that's what the pandemic does, I think, to work at home. But for, for Q1, you know, for us, it's about the priorities we have. It's, um, you know, profitable growth uh, through client focus and operational excellence. And it's all about culture and leadership to make that happen. And it's about our two missions in COVID. Um, it's about keep people safe and doing so will also avoid further transmission of the virus in society, but it's also about keeping, uh, you know, keep serving our clients uh, and support their customers who are actually distanced from physical channels and truly need support. So, um, Q1 very much a continuation and then hopefully um, we, we get the vaccine going and then we can, you know, get some normality.
0: Thanks for downloading the CX Files podcast. If you have a moment, please give us a star rating or review on your favourite podcast provider because this really helps other people to find the podcast. If you have any suggestions for future guests, uh, ideas, people or topics, then please just find myself, Mark Hillary or Peter Ryan on LinkedIn and send a suggestion.